Welcome to Market Street to Main Street, AIM's legislative episodes of the Hometown Innovations podcast and a supplement to our e-newsletter, Legislative Summary. During the legislative session, this weekly podcast series will offer a rundown of what happened at the State House and important legislative action and issues our members need to know about. You'll hear AIM's expectations for the upcoming week and the team's strategy for addressing critical legislation. Hi, welcome to Market Street to Main Street, our special legislative series of AIM's Hometown Innovations podcast. Today, we have our CEO, Matt Greller, and the master of advocacy, AIM's Jenna Bentley. Matt, Jenna, thanks as always. Never been called that before, but thanks thanks for the new title. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jennifer. All right, Matt, we're recording this on February 2nd following what has to have been the longest January in the history of Januaries. Um, how are you hanging in there? Does it seem like AIM boot camp for newly elected officials was like six months ago? <laughs> to some degree, yes. I was happy to see uh, better weather come our way the last couple of days. That's been nice to see the sun for a change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it'll be much sunnier, though, when the legislature is done with their work here in Indianapolis <laughs> and, uh, and headed home. Yeah. How do you think our newly elected officials are faring? You know, are they, have you talked to any that are feeling overwhelmed at this point with one month in? Are they hitting a bit of a routine? I think uh, for the most part, bit of a routine from what I can hear. I've been really encouraged by the number of council members that have been active Mm -hmm. in a variety of different ways. I think that's a bit of a, a change from years past. I think it's probably attributable to the boot camp work we did and uh, all the new folks that came came a few weeks ago to Indianapolis to get up to speed on a variety of issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been a couple crazy stories out there, like always, anytime elections uh, change, but yeah. uh, so far so good. No global pandemic this time around, which yes. has been a, uh, an added added bonus for sure. No, that's true. And, you know, I've noticed that, too. I feel like at this point in the process, I know more council members than ever before. And I think having that special school at boot camp uh, was huge, was a big reason for that. So I'm excited to keep that going. I hope I hope we have this number stay engaged uh, throughout their term. That would be outstanding. Well, moving back to legislative issues, Jenna, next week is a really big week. Um, We'll know definitively, I think, which bills are dead. You know, I know there's always those little loopholes and things find a way of making their way back in. But for the most part, we'll know what's what's dead and what could come off our day-to-day tracking list. So for those that don't geek out on state house goings on, what does that mean? Where are we in the process? Yeah, so on Monday, the members of the House are going to come back for one more day to hear um, the last bills that moved out of committee, the remaining bills on their calendar. Um, And so that's the deadline for them to move House-introduced bills over to the Senate. And then Tuesday, it's the Senate third reading deadline, and that's their deadline to hear Senate-introduced bills and pass them over 
to the house. Um, what's really nice, if you go to the IGA's website, iga.in.gov, and you click bills, you'll actually start to see they've started graying out the bills that didn't pass a committee. So hundreds of bills that were introduced um, are now in gray as opposed to blue, which means they're not moving forward in the introduced version, um, which it's just really like um, great to see. It brings a smile to my face when I can delete some of the bills off the <laughs> tracking list. Um, but as you mentioned, some of the, some language can always appear in other bills. Um, a, one bill we always watch in particular is the Department of Local Government Finance Bill, um, because that's a home to a lot of our provisions. So just because it's dead now doesn't mean it's dead forever, but really it is a I think we're headed in the right direction this session and, and narrowing down our, our focus, hopefully, um, for the second half. Yeah, a process question. And this is an honest question. I've been involved in the state house for years, but I always get confused this, you know, this second half of the session with the bill pending rule. Like how, you know, if a bill dies in the first half, um, how does that language come back in the second half when technically it's not supposed to? I think if it's decisively defeated, then mm -hmm. it can't. So say it was heard in committee mm -hmm. and it didn't move forward. For instance, there was a bill on Thursday that the vote was 5-5, so it didn't move forward. Then that that exact language cannot be introduced or amended into a bill during mm -hmm. the second half. I do think if there were concepts introduced um, that didn't move forward at all, didn't get a hearing, then that's where you see some ideas. Um, yeah come back in for the second fair game yeah all right uh matt you were not with us last week for the podcast because you were up in northern indiana visiting with a large group of our members and it's a group that really dials into the legislature and follows along closely um, what were some of the legislative issues that they appeared to be most concerned about you know i think for the most part they are dialed in. The new mayors that were there, new elected officials that were there did a really good job of asking questions about process and timing. So I was really encouraged to see that. Um, for the most part, I think the, the overwhelming concern, if you will, right now was about property tax related issues. Uh, I'm sure Jen will get into some of the specifics later, but excess levy appeals, um, property taxes, moving forward, assessments, things like that. So then we spent most of our time really talking about setting the stage for the interim and then heading into the 2025 sessions. So we, we chatted a long time about what might come down the, the road in terms of property taxes, uh, income taxes, perhaps uh, road funding. So all those issues began to, particularly for the, the new elected officials that were there, I think began to resonate with them and understand the importance we're going to have of dealing with these kinds of things over the next eight to 12 months uh, to make sure we're ready for the, the 2025 session, which uh, promises to be a, a doozy, I think, uh, for lack of a better description. Jenna, it's that time. Um, what is the, the one bill or one issue that's giving you the willies this week? Um, I think we've talked about it and Matt alluded to it before, but, you know, luckily this is a session where 
there aren't a lot of bills out there that are keeping me up at night. But as Matt mentioned, the overall property tax conversation um, continues to play out. You know, we were geared up to participate in the state and local tax review task force and talk about, you know, how lit is distributed, big picture. But in the meantime, um, House Bill 1120, the property tax bill from Representative Thompson, passed the House this week, um, 7321. And that's the bill that has the provision on excess levy appeals that would increase the threshold to be eligible to even go to ask the DLGF for an excess levy levy appeal. So you'd have to be 4% above the statewide average um, to even ask the DLGF for the excess levy appeal. And we met with Chairman Thompson this week. He, he certainly heard us out. I mean, I think we continue to make the case that um, between capping the MLGQ and this, growing communities who need additional services are going to be very limited in revenue options. And I do think Chairman Thompson heard us when we said that this is really their only recourse to, gr to grow their levy, to make the case. And there's a high bar to meet for the DLGF to even grant that excess levy. So I do think he's willing to work with us on the second half, but for our members who who are listening, who have had to make an excess levy appeal and have concerns about this, this is going to be a, a full-blown Senate conversation. Um, so definitely recommend starting now talking to your state senators about what this can mean for your budget. And even if you're not at that 2% growth, what kind of precedent this sets mm -hmm. for the future? I think you know, as communities plan for growth and, and try to attract development, increase assess value um, by getting new companies, new, re new homes here um, to know that the General Assembly might come in and, and limit your options is it's just concerning. And so I, I think it needs to be a part of a bigger conversation on property taxes and not these little little changes here and there that have huge um, impacts for our for our members. Right. So and we've we have a lot of new members, which we've talked about a lot. Um, and right now, I think, you know, we have a pretty big ask of them to talk to their legislators about something that highly technical in terms of if you are new to municipal finance. So you're trying to, they're trying to learn what MLGQ even means and still trying to advocate for change and to, to explain why this is a bad bill. So what can they do? You're reaching out asking them to contact their lawmakers, but if they don't feel confident doing so, what what should they do? That's a really great point. Um, feel free to reach out to me and Campbell, our policy director, and we are happy to give you background on the property tax system. Ultimately, the thing to know is you can't just willy-nilly raise your property taxes. There's processes in place. And so this is impacting one of those processes. But um, we can provide a summary of the language. Um, we can talk to you about property taxes generally and give you that refresher and that background information so you feel educated to talk to your mm -hmm. state senator about it. Um, I'd also... Um, 
let you know that most state senators, most uh, members of the House aren't in the weeds on property taxes right. either. Um, so I think the general point to make is, you know, as communities grow, they need more options for revenue in cities and towns. And this is limiting one of the few that they already have is the overall message to highlight. But definitely, definitely don't hesitate to reach out to Campbell or me and, and we can walk you through it more specifically and even introduce you to your senator um, or your member on the House as well. Yeah, big picture. I know, you know, we're, it does seem like we're getting, we were having a receptive audience, I guess, when we raised this issue with lawmakers and that the Salter, you know, the big property tax task force is probably the best place for this conversation. But as someone who doesn't go to the state house every day, but I'm sort of involved in this world still, I, I do see like, that a lot of times we have to go over and say we can't grow if we don't do this and this would limit our ability to grow this legislation would our, uh, you know we say that a lot and you know when 70 percent of Hoosiers live in a city or town I think that you know it's really important that we maintain tools to grow because that number is not going down that percentage is not you know, decreasing, it's increasing. So I, I feel for municipal officials trying to make that case, um, because I know it's something they have to do a lot, and not really a question, Jenna, just more of an observation. No, I mean, I think it's, it's a good observation and a good overall point that we have to make to the General Assembly. I think, um, there's this misconception that municipalities are just flush with cash. And so I think, you know, not to go back into history, but Matt has said it a, a few times when property tax caps were put in place, the charge to cities, towns and counties was to to grow your way out of it. Mm -hmm. And so I think there are a lot of members of the General Assembly who weren't around for that conversation. And so saying here are the levy controls already in place on property taxes and like we've been playing within these confines and in these rules while also trying to grow and come alongside the state and get economic development deals here get new housing last session we spent a lot of time talking about housing but with housing comes increased needs for roads and increased services and public safety is is a huge, huge part of cities and towns general funds. And so with growth comes extra needs for revenue. So the, it, it's just this excess levy appeal provision and some of the language that passed last year are aimed specifically at, at growth. Mm -hmm. Yep. Matt, any, any thoughts on that before we wrap up today? No, I don't think so. Jenna summarized it, it perfectly. It's a constant debate with the legislature making sure that we have those kinds of tools in place and are, are able to fill the services we're required to, to do locally and also create places that people want to live in and it right. really boils down to be just that simple yep yep well we have a legislative dinner coming up soon which we've mentioned here before february 20th at the hyatt in downtown indianapolis to be exact but matt we have a really great um, guest list. We are not nearing capacity, but it won't be much longer. So why is it important for members, A, to be there at all, and B, to get registered quickly? I think a few things. One, um, 
encourage you all to attend. First of all, it's free. Um, and we, we really want you to be there and we certainly appreciate our, our sponsors to make that happen. Uh, two, it's an excellent opportunity for you to interact and engage uh, with your legislative delegation in Indianapolis. Um, we always stress for you to do that at home as well, but I think when legislators see you come to Indianapolis, it, it brings up the importance level a notch and they know that you're serious about the issues that you're talking to them back home about. Um, we work really hard uh, to make sure that your table is filled appropriately with the right, not only the right city and town officials from your region, but the right legislators. So the earlier you get those uh, registration forms in, the easier it is for us to make that happen um, most effectively. Uh, and, and I guess third, the, the reason you just mentioned, Jennifer, we are nearing capacity. Um, you know, once we seat uh, sponsors and, and other key staff in the room, we, we don't have a ton of seats left. So I would encourage you to uh, register soon and uh, be down in Indianapolis here in a couple of weeks uh, to engage with legislators for a, a good night of municipal government uh, advocacy uh, in the capital city. Thanks, Matt. And, you know, just to reinforce that, it's not bluster when we say we've had to have a wait list before for this event. Um, it is a well-attended event. Um, so that's that's really no no joke of getting that getting that registration in. We'll leave it there. Um, don't forget to check out the tracking list that Jenna mentioned earlier. It's at the bottom of your legislative summary email, and we will certainly be back next week to let you know what did die at that um, conversion from the first house to the second. Uh, take care. We'll see you next week. <laughs>